It's Big Week on Tumblr for the week of March 20th, 2023. Joining us today is a very special guest, author Amber Atherton. Amber is the author of the upcoming book, The Rise of Virtual Communities. Welcome to the podcast, Amber. Thank you so much. As a big Tumblr fangirl, I am so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Can can you tell our audience a little bit about your book? Yes, absolutely. Um, so my book is a series of interviews with the founders of some of the biggest online community platforms in history. So uh, everywhere from uh, Lucasfilm's Habitat to The Well, Palace Chat, Club Penguin, Second Life. Uh, it, the idea is to uncover uh, you know, the culture of the internet in terms of how people uh, have hung out online and, and where that's taking us. That's so exciting. And and I love that it's it really is spanning, you know, several decades because you go back to to some of the earliest internet communities that existed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I spent a lot of time as a kid in Neopets, Happy Hotel. I played around in Second Life for a bit. Um, and I sort of got to thinking, uh, you know, what were the very first online communities? Maybe you remember Dolls, which was the super cute, like, paper cutout. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so, so they actually formed uh, through this, the first 3D avatar chat called the palace, uh, and you could make your own avatars. And one of these avatars was uh, dolls. Um, so yeah, I, I, I got very interested in, in the history because I've spent most of my career as a founder in and around community. Um, I've started various companies in this domain and uh, ended up at Discord for a few years leading community growth. And uh, I'm now uh, spending my time when I'm not writing uh, at a fantastic early stage venture fund called Patron. And we invest in in founders who are also thinking about uh, games and communities. That's awesome. So out of curiosity, like what would you consider to be the first truly virtual community. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I think I would say, uh, it's Lucasfilm's Habitat. Um, so, you know, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, uh, they, they have a, a an office over in, in Marin in um, the Bay area and, uh, Two fantastic guys, Randy and Chip Morningstar, who are sort of like godfathers of the internet in their own right. They they started building this game uh, called Habitat, where they you know they coined the term avatar. So uh, pretty exciting in terms of how you could get into that world. You could in- interact with other people's avatars, and um, that was really to me the the first online community. Out of curiosity, do you do you? see a difference between online communities that have, you know, customizable avatars, um, things like, like an actual architecture of space where you can move around in versus something like a purely text-based community? Yeah. And you know what? I should actually clarify because when I'm talking about Habitat being the first virtual community, we're looking at the intersection of virtual worlds and communities. So, um, I think there is, uh, out of, out of the, the, the 15 founders that I interview, there's a really good balance of founders who've built virtual worlds. Um, so, you know, Club Penguin, Second Life, um, Habitat, the palace, uh, through to the more text-based communities. So like a Reddit or a Discord. Uh, and I think it's very interesting how these two worlds 
overlap in terms of architecting uh, spaces that are just for text and spaces that have, uh, yeah, like a physical avatar presence. Yeah, that is so interesting. I mean, I know my my first experience, I think, in online communities um, is, I, mean, I hate to admit this, is probably going to be like an AOL chat room circa like 1993. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was also what I saw at Discord is I was like, wow, this really reminds me of MSN, AOL, the very early bulletin board chat systems where there was a very small amount of people really on the internet. It wasn't really mainstream yet, mm-hmm. obviously, in the way it is today. And so, um, this idea that you would meet in the chat room, you you would type with you know with your friends after school was, was such a big part of of my growing up. So it was interesting to see that pattern repeating with Discord, and uh, I, I think that that's one thing that really drove my discovery in in this book was the wow. If you look back in history you know, history repeats itself a lot. And if you if you want to predict where the culture of the internet is going, what it's going to look like uh, in terms of hanging out online in the next five, 10 years, you can actually learn a lot just through looking back at where communities have risen and, you know, fell in the past. Totally, totally. It, it's so interesting to me, reading the, the chapter um, about Club Penguin specifically, um, the discussion about, you know, kids IRL were sharing their handles, were like making plans to sign on at specific times. And that's something that I was doing back in the 90s. And I think it's something that people still to this day are doing. You know, they're having these IRL discussions with their friends and then they go and they meet up in Fortnite or in Roblox or wherever it is, whether it's Discord or, or you know, even something like Twitch, you know, we got to watch our favorite streamer. It's, yeah. It's, interesting to see that kind of intersection um, and evolution of um, IRL identity and virtual identity and how it's evolved over the decades. This is such an important theme that comes up time and time again in the book is how do you balance building online communities with in real life interactions to build trust? And uh, does every community need to have an in real life element to uh, stay engaging and it's interesting. Half of U.S. kids today play Roblox. So this idea that you're at school and high school, college, wherever, uh, hanging out, you know, with a known group of friends, and then you go meet in the virtual world, I see that becoming just a standardized behavior because we arguably spend more time investing in our digital identity now. And as the latency and these worlds get better and better, um, you know, I, I think we'll see uh, this, the balance shift probably a little bit more towards virtual worlds, obviously Apple's headsets coming out later this year. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens there. But then you also see, you know, the resurgence of more kind of 2D wholesome games like a Maple Story that are coming oh, yeah. back, right? Yeah, totally, totally. There, there's a new game called Pizza Tower that people are very excited about, and it has very old school aesthetics. Oh, we love pizza. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so in your book, you know, obviously you you interviewed just a huge span of founders and community creators. Um, I'm curious, what would you consider like the major tech milestones in the rise of virtual communities? 
Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, I, I think one of the major milestones is just internet access. Uh, it was fascinating talking to Stacey Horn, who was the founder of Echo, uh, which was sort of the East Coast version of The Well. Yeah. Uh, the, the, a lot of people will know The Well because Steve Jobs actually references this in his sort of famous, famous Stanford uh, commencement speech. And he talks about the whole Earth catalog and uh, how how that influenced him and his life, the tagline of stay hungry, stay foolish. Mm-hmm. And the well was the electronic version of, of uh, the whole Earth catalog based in the Bay Area. Um, and you could just dial up uh, in the internet and and uh, log on and, and, and chat with people in a very rudimentary uh, forum. Mm-hmm. And Stacy saw this and thought, wow, I want to create a similar thing in New York, uh, East Coast Hangout Online. And when you signed up to that community, you could also sign up to get internet access through her platform. Oh, wow. So I, I think just the, the access to the internet, uh, you know, if you think, look at the early community, communities in the late 80s to the 90s, that were just not that many people who were online. Right. <laughs> so I think like the democratization of internet access was one key technological evolution where you're not just, it wasn't just sort of uh, techies uh, who were participating in these online communities. Uh, it was flourishing out to a wider user base of... Right, it was um, becoming mainstream and normalized. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I, I think that is probably the the, the, big, the biggest thing, really, is that because that from there you see this proliferation of different types of worlds that cater to different um, communities, and I think uh, that yeah. So so I, th- I think that 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 really is the is the key key evolution is people's sort of familiarity and access to the internet. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And now, and now kids are born and, and they only know the internet, you know, like everyone has access through their phones to the entire breadth of the internet. It's, it's a wild kind of advancement that's happened in the last couple of years. Yeah. And, and I think it's like the idea that, uh, you know, there's, there's this sort of serendipity that, mm. uh, I, I, I hope is coming back to the internet and in that, um, you're, it, it's less, I suppose, about showing off your life, um, and, and more about curating, uh, you know, like, like a world that you want to spend time in and self-expression. And, and what I saw at discord was this, sort of self-expression through text, through avatar, but you're also kind of anonymous. So there's a sense of freedom that comes with pseudo, uh, being pseudo anonymous. Um, and I think people can have multiple identities and, and, you know, it's like a platform like Tumblr. Every time I spend time on Tumblr, I come off feeling more optimistic about the world. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. I will say Tumblr is the only social media network that I use that, I consistently feel better after, you know, signing in. Yeah, um, I totally feel that way too. And and I think this uh yeah, the, this combination of self-expression, discovery curation, world building uh is at the heart of the platforms that are winning with online community. Um, totally. And then I think just to the answer about like, you know, what, what was the other technological evolution and what, what is the next one? And I, I think it's probably blockchain because there are a lot of misconceptions about what 
you know, blockchain crypto can can do. But at, at a fundamental level, it's kind of like having a co-op. The idea is that users can become owners in the communities that they build. And one example of this in the book is Cherry, who founded Water and Music, which started as a, uh, a music newsletter for the music and tech community. And she wrote for many publications, Vice, Rolling Stone. And, uh, and then that evolved into a DAO, um, Decentralized mm-hmm. Autonomous Organization, where everyone in the community uh, can access research funding because people buy into the community. There's a sense of ownership. And I think that as that uh, becomes more trustworthy and it's easy to access in this, I can see this in the same way as it was much, it was very difficult to access the internet <laughs> right. in the 1980s. And it's difficult now to set up a wallet and, and access some of these communities where you can actually be an owner. Um, so I think that that's another really interesting evolution uh, as in the culture of online communities is, is a sense of ownership that uh, blockchain technology enables. It'll be fascinating to, to see what happens in the next couple of years. Okay, and final question, just because, again, I'm curious. First of all, your blog is very aesthetic, and I'm a big fan. Um, but what is your favorite thing about the Tumblr community? Oh, gosh. I, well, one, I just love how quickly memes proliferate on Tumblr and become, uh, you know, real life uh fictional Italian mob movies. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Gone Trump forever. Gone Trump forever. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that. And I, I also think there's an element of mystery on Tumblr and intrigue that always brings me back because I don't know who a lot of the people are that I follow, but I, I massively respect their taste. And I think that that is something that I love about the Tumblr community is, is just a lot of tastemakers who are supporting each other and are like expressing their their unique kind of curation of the world and the the there's something I always want to go back and see is oh god have they updated the tumblr anything new because <laughs> I'm like I, I I want that sort of creative tastemaker inspiration so I love that oh I yeah. love that well Amber thank you so much for joining us um Everyone, y'all can pre-order Amber's book from booksellers everywhere. It comes out, I believe, on May 31st. Is that right? We actually bumped it up. So it's May the 1st. Oh, uh, so yeah, very exciting. And um, yes, uh, you will be able to get it in your hands from May the 1st. But yes, pre-orders are open if you if you want to want to get it now. Excellent. I will be making a trip up to my indie bookstore to get my book on May the 1st. Thank you so much, Amber. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks.